Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with American Idol winner and Broadway star Nick Fradiani. Nick made his Broadway debut as the original alternate for Neil Diamond, then in A Beautiful Noise. He then went on to succeed original star Will Swenson in the role late last year. In our conversation, Nick and I discuss the vocal and physical differences between being a full-time Broadway leading man and being a full-time touring and gigging musician. We discuss the very personal connection that Nick has with Neil Diamond's music thanks to his father. What it was like to play at the Bitter End, which is a very important venue, not only in Neil Diamond's career, but also in A Beautiful Noise. The different energies that having new cast members join the company bring to the show. And what I think was the most interesting thread in our conversation, why this show continues to pack audiences in, despite the fact that it didn't really get a lot of critical praise or awards recognition when it originally opened. I saw A Beautiful Noise just before the holidays, and as someone who is not some... And as someone who is not predisposed to being a Neil Diamond fan, although I liked some of his songs, I just didn't know a ton of them. The show was a ton of fun, and Nick was kind of a revelation in the role. I had watched American Idol when he was on back in 2015, and I knew he had a great voice. But he really brings a lot to this character, as does the entire cast. So I highly recommend that you check out the show notes where we will have a link to purchase tickets to see A Beautiful Noise at the Broadhurst Theater. All right, with all of that out of the way, here's my conversation with Nick Fradiani. In your career, Nick, I know you've done a lot of crazy things, but how crazy is a Broadway holiday schedule that you just got through going through the new year, doing nine show weeks and all of those different things, putting things together? How exhausting is that compared to maybe idol or touring or anything else that you've done in your career i can't uh i really can't compare it to anything um it's, it's you know um you could you could talk to my girlfriend uh she'll tell you how much i <laughs> how, how many times daily i say i'm tired or clear my throat or start doing vocal warm-ups uh it is <laughs> it is for sure the the most uh, strenuous thing i've ever done uh ever i mean there's really um you know i've toured like you said i've done television shows where I've been away from my family for nine months and it, it still doesn't at all compare to this. So, um, so that's the one thing I, I found out is that doing eight shows a week is very difficult. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, like I weirdly enough still look forward to it. You know what I mean? Even when you're like, you know, uh-huh. during the day at sometimes you're like, I can't believe I have to do this again. But once I'm, I'm walking on that stage, I'm always like just so thankful and excited. What did you find, especially during the holidays, but just in general, since taking over the role full time, is it more physically demanding, more vocally demanding, more mentally slash emotionally demanding? Where is the biggest challenge for you? I I assume that the correct answer is all of the above. But if you had to pinpoint one of them, what is uh, is the thing that's the most draining for you? I think for me at this point, it's uh, just physically and a little bit emotionally draining. Um, Vocally, it's in like a really good spot for me. So vocally, I've been fine. I haven't really had any vocal issues, Um, but I got sick in the three months I've taken over. I've had the flu and RSV. So my body, I think from the, (laughs) yeah, right. So so I think my body has kind of uh, taken a brunt of it, you know, just not being used to you know, maybe not getting as much sleep as usual. And, um, 
you know, so that's been the big thing for me, luckily. And also as starting out as the alternate, I knew the show so well that I, I didn't have to stress about that. Um, so really to me, it's just been, um, you know, kind of the stress of not wanting to miss any shows and putting that pressure on yourself as well as just being really tired. Um, uh, but you know, that's part of the gig. So I'm on, yeah. I, I keep a track. So right now I'm on 31 straight shows without calling out. So that's, so that's my goal. It's like, however long I can go until I break down, that's basically what I do. So that, <laughs> we'll, that's see. Nice. we'll see what I make. We'll see what I make it up to. Yeah. Yeah. That should be like one of those things you have in, in the offices, like X number of days since our last accident. So just have a, a, a new <laughs> yes. day every day. Yeah. You said vocally that it, it sits in a good spot for you. I saw the show, uh, uh, I guess, before the holidays, and it sounded to me at least a little bit, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you were doing a little bit of something with your voice to sound a little bit more Neil Diamond-y. Is there a process that you go through to kind of drop it, to gruff it up a little bit? What are you doing to kind of fit the sound that people at least can recognize as Neil Diamond? I don't think it's a straight-up impression of him, but like something that is at least in the vein of what we all think that he sounds like. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, it's just, he has a lower, uh, lower voice than I do really. So that's why it's kind of easier to do it for me eight times a week. So I'm not up, you know, past my range really. Um, and then really I just kind of listened uh, to his phrasings, the way he drops off words, the way he says certain words. Um, that's what I really focused on. And I kind of have like, when I'm not doing musical theater and I'm seeing my own stuff, I kind of have a natural, uh, gravel to my voice so I don't really have to put that on I'm not if I have that going on that day you know sometimes at the end of words I'll overemphasize the you know mm -hmm. um, you know today uh, you know I'll do a little of that as some more of an impersonation that I don't <laughs> like try to do too much but um, but most of the you know if there's a little bit of uh, gravel in there it's just kind of na my natural voice so a, a little gravel natural in the voice, but I having watched you on Idol and 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 kind of seen some stuff ever since, right. I would imagine yeah, that's definitely not. It's definitely not my nat. It's definitely not. You know, I'm definitely putting on. Um, uh, you know, I work pretty hard to get the voice as close to what I thought I can get it to without yeah. sounding hokey. You know what I mean? Without sounding uh, like overdone. So that was kind of my goal was to just listen to every, listen to his stuff constantly. And now I don't even really think of it when I go out there. I just, that's just how I learn those songs. They come out that way, which has made it kind of easy too. Yeah. Um, don't have to put much on for the voice, but how is the adjustment mm -hmm. to wearing that amount of sequence and sparkles? How did that go? <laughs> it's an experience you know it's definitely i uh, <laughs> never thought i'd be wearing a, a, an all red uh sequins like almost onesie looking outfit with the uh, bedazzled uh, shoes but but uh, here we are and uh yeah I'll it's be a look. You, it does kind of get you it's a look it does kind of get you like ready for that act too when you kind of because you do there is a there's a shift in his in his career and his character um at that moment uh, so to put on the 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 wig that he kind of rocked in the hot August nights, 1970s era, um, and start wearing the sequins, it does kind of put you in. All right, now now I'm rock star Neil. Now I'm playing in stadium. So it does kind of put you in that that right spot to 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 go out there and perform it. Now I. I I've I've heard a little bit from people who have been around the show and and I've I've read some stuff about it. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
I think that you've had a connection to Neil Diamond as a fan, at least uh, through your dad for a long time. Like this is somebody who you grew up listening to Neil Diamond stuff, not just in a way that like everybody here just Neil Diamond stuff, but like this was something that was important to you growing up, right? Yeah. Yeah, it really was. My father, I have, I have my, my dad goes on me and my mother was joking because my dad's a musician and he's uh he's been a working musician since I was born. So that's all kind of, I ever knew of my father and what he did was to play music, which he still does. Um, and he goes on these kicks um, with different musicians. We're all kind of obsessed over their music for a certain period of time. And, you know, but there are some staples that never change. One is the Beatles. He's kind of always been uh, heavily obsessed with the Beatles and it's Fair. been a big part yeah. of our house. And the other one that I remember the most truly for a while was Neil Diamond. And, uh, you know, my dad used to wa- wa- watch the jazz singer, the movie all the time. And he would just he would play a lot of his songs out. Um, and even some songs I didn't listen to for probably till this show, um, you know, and I was getting ready for it. And I was actually kind of getting like slightly emotional because I think I hadn't heard them since I was like eight years old. Um, but it kind of yeah. brought me right back to being a kid. It was kind of wild. Um so yeah, it was uh, and it was also my first concert I ever went to. My mom and dad brought me. I think it was the Hartford oh, wow. Coliseum or the new or the New Haven Coliseum. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I don't think either of them are around anymore. But um, so yeah, it was my first concert, and uh, so yeah, it's kind of crazy. And you know, there's a lot of weird connections. Like after I won Idol, I was signed to uh, a management company. Uh, my manager was Jason Mori, and his father. Um, last name Maury was Neil Diamond's manager for like 20 something years. And so he would always talk oh, wow. to me about stories about Neil Diamond. And uh, so there's just a lot of uh, strange, you know, things that went on with this. And it's just, uh, it's kind of crazy that it all, you know, was able that now I'm playing them. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. And in the show, the iconic New York rock club, the the bitter end plays a, uh, a big role in the show. And you, mm-hmm got to play there uh, last year. I don't know if it was the first time you'd play there, but you played there, I think what last spring. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your dad played along with you. Is that right? Yeah. So I, uh, I actually did like a little residency there. Um, yeah. When I came, when I, when I moved down here to just, to, to, I was only doing it once and then moved on to twice a week as an alternate. And uh, I was kind of getting, I was, you know, itching to kind of get back to playing some of my own music. And so I had, uh, asked my agent to look into some spots around here. I was like, I don't want to have to promote it. I don't want it to be a big deal. I just want to go and play some of my own music, acoustic. Um, and he had just seen me in the show. And he was like, well, I, I, why don't I hit up the bitter end? And he's like, that would be a pretty cool um, cool idea. And so uh, I talked to Paul over there and he got me in. We did like the first, we were doing like one Monday a month. I think we did it four weeks, uh, four months of it. And it was awesome. I mean, it was cool. A lot of the a lot of my cast showed up and it kind of slowly build, uh, started building as well by the end. And, uh, so it was cool. I was playing, I would do at least one or two Neil songs a night and, you know, and there's, you know, you see pictures of Neil when he was, you know, you know, in his twenties playing there and he would go back and visit and play, um, um, every so often. So it was cool to be able to experience that. And, you know, cause like I said, like you just said, there's multiple scenes where I'm, where we are performing in the bitter end. So to be able to do it in real life was, was super cool. When you go out and do a, a concert like this and, and play songs that are not the, the Neil side of the stuff that you do on stage eight times a week. And I don't know how much you're actually get, You're probably not doing that much at all now since you took over, but when you were in those alternate days, 
what did you like to balance that out with? Obviously, your original stuff. Did you mix in uh, anything else? Like, what would a set list have sounded like uh, at one of these concerts or anywhere else that you were doing gigs? Yeah, um, most of the time. I mean, before this, uh, you know, before I was doing uh, this musical, I mean, it would mostly be originals. Um, you know, I just put out a full album in uh, November of 22, and I had EPs yeah. that I had put out before that. So most of the time. I'm doing my own music and I'll sprinkle in uh, a random, you know, usually about two covers um, per show. Um, and yeah, I haven't done one of these in so long. I don't even know anymore, but I actually have a show coming up this Monday. So oh, cool. I'm crazy enough to, uh, yeah, I'm doing it at the Catherine Hepburn <laughs> theater in Connecticut. Uh, and it's actually me and my father doing it. Um, oh, amazing. And it's sold out. So we're very excited, but I'm just hoping it seems like my voice goes dormant on Mondays because it like knows that we're all done. So I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping I can make it last for for one more. Yeah. But that that show we're doing is actually we titled it the songs that made us. So we're doing all of like songs that he grew up on, songs that I grew up on, songs that we both kind of bonded over. Um, so we're doing like a bunch of the Eagles and uh, we're doing a bunch of Beatles. We're doing Neil. We're doing. Uh, Billy Joel, um, Tom Petty, all stuff like that. And in my day, I'm doing a lot of like Matchbox 20 and stuff that a lot of songs you, you heard me do on Idol. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. And I'm hoping I remember how to sing, not like Neil Diamond. We'll find out. I don't, I'm not really sure if I do. Do you, do you think that there might be a chance that you just instinctually go down to that little bit deeper register and uh, maybe overemphasize the ends of words just for fun? <laughs> I think 100% that's probably going to happen. And let's hope it happens on the time we do a Neil song and not one of my own. My guitarist, yeah. actually, last year we played the Wolf Band at Mohegan. And he said, uh, like, don't don't start, don't put up, because he writes all the songs. And he's like, don't turn all our songs into Neil Diamond classics. Like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, not yet. Not yet, at least. Not yet, um, not yet. Kind of transitioning a little bit away from that. But when you go from being the alternate in a show where you are going on once or twice a week with Will Swenson doing the the rest of the shows, when you take over for him as the leading man in this show, did you feel any extra pressure, not in, in terms of what was happening on stage, but to kind of be a leader backstage? This is a show that had been up and running and, you know, running fairly smoothly for, for a year. But was mm -hmm. there a little bit extra pressure to kind of take on that mantle as being the the focus of the entire production um i didn't feel it that way um really because i i was really close with everybody in the in the cast luckily so i didn't want to like out of left field be like this you know just change the way i was everybody had, that had known me at that point knew that i liked i loved doing the show and i worked really hard so i kind of just wanted to become a leader by you know, always being there uh, and and always, you know, showing up and showing up seriously and ready to work and, and putting forth the best possible performance that I could. Uh, and Will was pretty similar. Will wasn't a rah-rah, like, you know, I think I saw Will like five times when I was, you know, he was like a monk in a good way, which you kind of have to be to to get yeah. through these shows. So, um, so really that, that was my only, uh, that's really all I wanted to do is just continue to be, have the same relationships I had with everybody. I kind of have like an open door policy with my dressing room. So a lot of people come in and I try to see as much of everyone as I can. I give the, we do a vocal warm up with the ensemble before every show and uh, they do the opening montage and I sit there and watch it, give everybody a hug and then we go on stage. So that's kind of, I guess that's my one leadership quality <laughs> role, but we, it, it's, it's, we've had a lot of in and out recently. 
you know, after we've done a year on Broadway, there's a lot of new faces in the building. And so there's some really good energy right now. And, uh, I never would have thought I'd be one of the OGs, uh, you know, still around here, but it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to to see where the show has started and, and where, it, where it is now. When you get some of those new faces joining the show, whether they're an ensemble member or a, a standby or a cover or one of your leading ladies, I know Amber Ardolino just joined the show back before the new mm-hmm. year, um, yeah. or maybe just after, um, how does that change the, the energy? Does it, Obviously, it, it's a very high energy show in a lot of ways. But do you feel something different when there are new people added into the mix? Not better or worse, but just different. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yes. There's no way to that it won't. It's it, things are going to change. You know, people move differently. People speak differently. People have their own take on things that are going to be slightly different. But uh, what I've noticed is that um, this you know with all the new energy and new people we've we haven't lost the show like the show feels as fresh and as if not more fresh than ever before because you know people you know i don't care how much you love a show if you do something for over a year over 400 times it could get you you have to really work to make sure it doesn't get stale and people don't you know start doing random things and not realizing that you're changing something and i think having like you know you know michael mayer coming back and working with amber and myself and and all these new pieces in the ensemble it just it, it to me feels just more exciting right now uh and and very youthful and fun and uh and and we and and i'm just really thankful we we, we still kept a lot of the the you know mark jacoby for instance is kind of the backbone of the show and yeah. the heartbeat of the show and i don't think the show is really anything without what he does every night um so I'm just thankful he's still there, um, and a lot of uh, and a lot of the original uh, principal cast is still there, and and you know the, the relationship I've have have with Amber and just I think this is our third week has been really great. We have great chemistry, and she's fun to work with, and um, it was cool to be able to work with somebody kind of from the beginning because I always kind of when when Robin was there, I you know that was her and Will made the show together, and then I would come yeah. in, and it, there's just something there's something special about being able to kind of create it together and and have your own version of it. And uh, so that's been a lot of fun too, to kind of, to, to make that work. You, you've mentioned the word fun a couple times. And I think despite the fact that, as you talked about, especially with, with Mark's uh, version of Neil, the Neil now, mm-hmm. there's a lot of heavy mm-hmm. things going on in the show, but I don't right. think you can kind of watch this with all of the aforementioned sequins and all of the uh, the the well known songs and the great choreography and and the ensemble like and not just have a good time at this show. Um, mm. Is there as you kind of go from being the alternate into the lead? Are you able to kind of like still enjoy that, or is it like okay, I've got to get myself ready and focus on the task at hand? Where like is that feeling of fun? still able to be kind of accessed while you are knocking out all of these songs eight times a week. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I really don't get, there's not one song where I'm like, Oh, I got to sing that again. It really hasn't happened uh, to me. And it, it, and actually what I'm noticing is like different songs will kind of take on different uh, meanings towards me in the show or how I'm feeling even personally at the time. And uh you know, like recently singing Solitary Man uh, acoustically has been like this, uh, you know, I loved it in the beginning. And then I kind of was like, oh, actually, I like doing this song more. And now I'm kind of 
found this new love for that song. And, you know, I'll go on YouTube and watch a bunch of different versions of Neil doing it. I'll find something. Oh, I want to try that. I like how his mannerisms are here and what he's doing movement wise. And so I just try to keep finding things for me to keep things fresh. Um, and, uh, but yeah, the songs are, they're timeless songs. So I really, I don't know. I don't have to, it, they're, they, they just, they haven't, I haven't gotten sick of them. And, and also the biggest thing too, is we, we, uh, our crowd, the crowd, for me, at least the crowd is very important. Um, I always say they're kind of like another principal character, especially for my track, because I'm performing in, you know, kind of concert, um, uh, moments throughout the show, especially in act two. Um, so sometimes when we have like a, when it's a dead crowd, it could be, that could be a little difficult. It doesn't happen often, but you know, there's times where it's a early matinee and it might be cold outside or whatever. And you kind of have to, I have to create, that's when I get really exhausted because I feel like I'm creating all that energy inwardly to bring it out. Um, but most of the time, luckily, like the crowd just does that for me. And I'm a sucker for, you know, getting a lot of energy off of a crowd, I think, because that's what I've done my whole life. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy how much the crowd plays a, a very important role in, 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 for me in the show. Sorry if I just uh, rambled about. <laughs> no, no, that was awesome. That was great. No, that was great. Uh, from you as a musician, as a uh, someone who does original music, who does covers, who does uh, the theater side of things as well, when you are commuting to the theater, when you are running errands or when you are at home, what do you listen to? Oh, man. Well, my girlfriend just bought me a, uh, a beautiful new record player. And then I went out and got this big... Uh, uh bought these awesome speakers and a preamp for it and uh so that's been my new thing is is listening to vinyl and uh so i was listening to most recently i was listening to the let it be albums um so but i listen to i'm it's very eclectic i also go to the gym and listen to uh drake and uh and uh, 21 savage so my my and and i'll listen to frank sinatra almost every other day and dean martin and stuff like that so i'm kind of all over the place musically um uh, and, and I do like to listen to Neil every once in a while, even while doing the show, just to kind of keep that, you know, keep the vocal, uh, things he does in my head at all times. So, but yes, it's okay. very, it's a very, it's an, it's a very eclectic, uh, grouping as of genres is kind of what I listen to. Yeah. All right. Well, we are getting ready to head into, or actually we're probably already there now that we're through the Martin Luther King, uh, holiday weekend, we are starting to get new shows coming to Broadway. Uh, it's the time of the year when so many new things, uh, are opening, but you guys are still kind of, this is the, this is the most ever, right? Isn't this like broke? It's like 20, I forgot how many shows are coming in. It's like the, it's huge. one of the most, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there's like total like twenty musicals. 20, it's it's 20, it, yeah, yeah, it's huge. I mean, basically, at this point, almost every theater is going to be filled, if not every theater, depending on uh, you know anything that might announce closings. But it's going to be packed. Yeah. But you guys just yeah. kind of keep soldiering on uh, over there it, as one of the <laughs> now long longer running shows. Anything that makes it you know through one season is uh is, is a successful show. Um, yeah. Why is this a show in your mind that? people kind of keep coming to i think it obviously has because of who neil is in the era that he kind of amassed all of his fans has become a a, a of favorite of a lot of bridge and tunnel type folks but you can't just kind of live on that i mean that's where you know tourists are such an important part but why is this a show do you think that people keep coming to and keep supporting uh even though there are so many other things kind of hitting the street 
you know, at this time of year? That's a great question. Um, and I think about it like a lot actually. Um, and I started thinking about it right when we kind of started and, um, you know, we, we got kind of, we, well, we did, we got shut out uh, with no Tony nominations or anything. And, um, usually I think that means, you know, you're in trouble. Um, but I was just kind of shocked by it because I, I, I thought the show itself was really strong and I felt like, you know, I thought they were kind of slightly penalizing us for it being a bio jukebox musical. And mm -hmm. my father said something to me that I thought made a lot of sense. And he said, you know, Neil Diamond never, Neil was always snubbed by the critics. Neil was always snubbed by, you know, I think he finally got a Grammy for, for, uh, you don't bring me flowers. And it's probably cause you know, they, they gave it, you know, because Barbara was on <laughs> Barbara. it, but yeah, he yeah. always, he always kind of got, he, he never really got his due, but he always got his due with album sales and diehard fans throughout the world. I mean, he, uh, you know, I've been putting out cover videos of him and, you know, one of them went viral on Facebook with like 4 million views. And I mean, I can't, the amount of Neil fans in out there, it's crazy. I mean, I had no idea, you know, so I think one is people don't un kind of underestimate how huge Neil is. Um, and I think, uh, and I think also our show just has, it, it, it has something that I think people go in expecting to have a good time. All right, we're going to listen to some Neil Diamond songs and they get that for sure. They get that a lot. Um, and I think also they're just not expecting to hear the the story told the way that Mark and Shireen, the doctor tell it. Um, it's, it's an interesting way of, of telling a story, especially in a musical. Um, so I think people really, I mean, I see it every night. I see the whole first five rows are usually moved to tears because Mark, is in tears every single night. Uh, and then I see people hugging and kissing when they're, when we're, you know, bringing back sweet Caroline, uh, in the encore. So I think it's, it, it brings out all the emotions that you want, uh, when you go out to see a musical, I think it was directed really well by Michael Mayer. Um, the Stephen Hoggett did a great job with the choreography. So, um, yeah, I just think it was, it's a well done show. And, uh, and it's cool too. Now, even with like new cast members, younger cast members coming in, we're seeing like younger Broadway fans starting to see it now um, and saying like, wow, I can't believe we didn't like di didn't give this a chance. Um, so I think if people give it a chance and that's kind of what's been happening, it's word of mouth. Realistically, I think that's why we're still here. I think people that see it tell their friends that they need to go see it. And so I think that's why we're the only I think only us and Anne Juliet out of that season are going to be left. So, yeah, uh, I'm just really I'm just really proud of uh, the work that everybody put in. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's just a, uh, it's a great show. So I hope everybody yeah. goes and checks it out. Yeah. I, and I got to tell you, I think one of the things that surprised me the most about the show, you mentioned Stephen Hoggett's choreography. Like you don't think of Neil Diamond as being a, a guy that had a bunch right. of background dancers or anything, but like, right. it's so interesting how he integrates not only like traditional performance choreography, but with how mark and shireen are kind of doing that side of the story as well i thought i found that really compelling and really interesting so i think yeah. that that kind of adds a little bit of that theatricality to what you think of as oh it's a neil diamond show so i know these songs but it does kind of bring some real theatery aspects as well to kind of whet the appetite of all of the different fandoms that are going to show up yes, in, in the broadhurst for every show absolutely well, Nick, thank you so much for, for chatting about this. I, as somebody who, as I mentioned earlier, like I've always watched Idol. So uh, to have seen you on that show and uh, to be able to have seen you in 
uh, in uh, Beautiful Noise. It was very cool to uh, to see that for you, and I wish That's you nothing that. but the best with this show and uh, whatever else happens next, either in music well, or theater. We will so definitely much. be cheering you on. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great talking to you, and uh, yeah, I hope to uh, hope to meet you. <laughs>